All right, listen up, people. Welcome to All Things Wood Floor. I'm your host, Steve Diggins, and in this episode, we're going to meet the WFB 2021 Ultimate Wood Floor Guy and Gal Contest winners. On deck, for your listening pleasure, we have Jessica Peterson of Custom Hardwoods by Jeffries and Mr. Sandman, Anthony McGarrow. These are real floor pros getting the recognition that they deserve, wood floor business magazine style. We're going to talk about the hardwood floor industry today, changes over the years, and we're going to hear from our award winners about how they got where they are today in this fast-paced, rough-and-tumble world of hardwood flooring. If you're interested in winning the 2022 Ultimate Pro Floor title, hang in here for a bit and listen to how it was that our holders of the new title were able to pull this one off. Floor pros around the world, ATWF and Wood Floor Business Magazine introduced to you, Jessica Peterson and Tony McGarrow. Let's get to it. Jessica Peterson, Anthony McGarrow, thank you for joining us on All Things Wood Floors, and congratulations on your, your you know, your uh, floor guy and floor gal contest winning this year. Congratulations to you both. Thank you very I much. I know this was insanity trying to technically get this together. I am a floor guy writer. I'm not a radio personality. That's as close <laughs> as we're going to get. Um, I, and, and we had spoken earlier, Jess, uh, Custom Harbor Floors by Jeffries in Michigan. And Anthony, you are Mr. Sandman in the, in the greater metropolitan PA area and other. Um, and, you know, I got to thank you because this was a disaster, this whole recording. And, and I was going to ask you about uh, why is there always a way? Because all your articles I read, you said there's always a way. Well, Jess, this whole thing crashed. And Anthony says, Steve, there's always a way. And I'm like, don't get ahead of me. I got questions. <laughs> Um, Perfect. <laughs> thank God you said there's always a better way. Well, um, your wife always says that you're always searching and creating and inventing. So let's start there. One of the things I, about what I read about you online, and, and we'll ju- we're jumping ahead a little bit, is you have a patented wet sanding system, which is amazing. So we have so many different types of flooring people. Why don't we start with that since it's the most different thing anybody does here between me, Jesse, and you? Well, sure. Um, it's it's basic. Uh, it's it's actually sanding with a solution that I invented, okay. uh, which enables me to get into a lot of the different damages that are the need to have to refinish a floor. So I can penetrate the wood pour with the solution and remediate a lot of different types of damage um, without any dry sanding. So the principle there is you're preserving the physical asset that and then two, adding more protection, like more rubber to the tire for, for more protection. But having said that, there are some drawbacks because you're gonna live with some of the character flaws that are in the floor because you're not grinding them out with the machine. So in, in terms of refinishing, uh, I use it more, like I say, for pre-finished floors, thin floors that can't be sanded, bamboo floors. And I also use it in my dry sanding approach uh, where it works as a uh, not only as a prep solution but also for cleaning off around edges staircases and so forth to prepare for sand so it's a multi-purpose sort of vehicle which has really streamlined the company and my process and then also expanded uh what i can do so i can use it with more than just floors furniture cabinetry rail sections so it's 
Let's open up some doors. Well, it separates you from a lot of people. Like we had a little interview with Michael Purser, and he does restorations. He, he barely will pick up a buffer. You know, we're just looking at some of the similarities and differences between people and flooring. And you know, when they looked into this particular award, it was amazing how many people just jumped on out of the woodwork and were so happy to put names in. And both of you guys popped up all over the place. I hadn't known you, but I had known Jess from just online and her, you know, other things we'll talk about. So, you know, Jess. Um, Tony and I are, you know, predominantly male hardwood flooring people. The glaring question is, what's it like for you being in such a male-dominated trade that you're one of the few women that stands out way out there for the work that you do? It's got to be a lot different for you. Uh, it is a little bit, not much. I mean, people, customers anyway, are sometimes shocked to see a woman doing the floors and whatnot. But, you know, you're going to have that in any job. Where it's male dominant. Yeah, it's probably not the most challenging thing. It's just, you know, like you said, other people notice it way more than you would. Is is there a physical aspect? Like, I think you and I have talked about, um, you're famous for your little pink sander, which is, am I right? Is that Rosie? Rosie, yeah. Uh, well, that's how we were doing a podcast, and me and Jake Schlichty were like, hey, did you see the pink, you know, rotary sander? And everybody's like, oh, yeah, Jess Peters. And so you got your first big shout out, and now you're here. We talked about, this probably, if there were powerful enough machines, and they're coming, that are a little lighter and broke down a little easier, I'm sure you'd be able to work slicker, faster, and meaner. Probably, yeah, you're right. We want to do a podcast on rotary machines because I bet that's that's the minority out there, but there's so much more people can do, especially with the industry lacking people. You can bring in a semi-trained person and carefully put them on, you know, a rotary machine and let them cut their teeth until they can figure out how to run a big machine or an edger. Um, I think that's oh, the way sure. a lot of people get started. You can put a child on a power drive. Yeah, it's and that, the Epoch, the Trio, et cetera. It, it, it is something. Um, and, and Tony, you know what? It's not it, it, Jessica being one of the standout uh, women in our industry, but you work with a woman in the industry. Your wife's been doing this as long as you have, right? Oh my gosh, we work side by side and in and, and all aspects of the business. Now, she doesn't run the big sanding equipment, right? but when it comes to the wet sanding aspect, all my daughters and my wife and my son-in-law have all performed that operation um, because it's more hands-on and it's not so geared towards, you know, running big equipment. And so uh, it's, it, you know, even my 13-year-old granddaughter has worked with the wet sand system, doing mm-hmm. furniture and so forth. Um, but am I go, um, I mean, you know, I'm not a big guy either. You know, I'm, I'm five, five, 155. Uh, a lot of these, uh, big pieces of equipment are made for guys, six foot tall European type machines. They're heavy. Uh, you know, I strap them on, they pull me across the floor. Uh, so my whole, I guess, theory initially was I'm a minimalist. And having said that, it's like the less marks you make, the less you have to take out. Absolutely. So I came up with my own strategies on how to remove finishes that are very much not like out of the book, but they work. And so having said that, I, I am able to, with the lighter weight equipment, uh, get really great results, but not have to have all that labor. To, I mean, I still run the big equipment. Don't get me wrong. The edger. Yeah. I run a Super 7. But I have a theory behind sanding where it's more compression related. Uh, so it streamlines everything in my operation. You know, um, when you when the submissions were sent in, and Jess, there's some really cool videos that came through for you. 
And uh, Tony, your, your wife, obviously, that's going to probably go viral because she did her little. <laughs> and I have a karaoke bar in my home. So, you know, 50 people at, at Thanksgiving time with trophies and costumes and everything. I was cracking up because she really, she was belting it out. And she, she, she wrote the lyrics. She put in a song. She, she sold you. Uh, your resume. Was so Wasn't that something, Jess? Get the whole thing going. So she said so many things about you, and I saw the write-ups that she did about you. So this is your chance. You tell me what she does for your company that makes her so irreplaceable, because I couldn't have done a thing without my wife having my back for a long, long time. Yeah, and it's so important, too, because you, you got a key player there who is the, really the focal point, the first contact to your company. And you're, you're, you have, you know, distance between you. There's a phone call that comes through. And the minute she picks up the phone, it's, hello, this is Jackie, Mr. Salmon. How may I help you today? You. And right away, without an instant, people are like, wow, you're really happy. You're re and from that first moment, it's, it's an easy sell because she's not only has the personality, but she has the knowledge to back it up. Yeah. And so... It's like the, the perfect win-win situation, right? Uh, but there too, if you don't have a point person like that, one person can handle the phone calls. And I mean, I did it for a few years here and there. I mean, it, it works, but it's so much that other person that can handle the back end too, you know, the financial end. Because that's where a lot of us get in trouble, you know. Yeah, well, absolutely, right? It, it's I know when I was a, a, an installer, um, we had a gift shop. And thank God for that gift shop because my little mother-in-law would take all my calls and pick them, pick up all my flooring calls, and people would hire the risk because they said you're the only human answering a phone, and we would just get jobs for that that fact alone. And even she was there yeah. to help keep my business running. I, I have a question for you because this sets me up for something I wanted to ask Jess. Is you've been doing this what, at least 37, 38 years, right? You've been in this for the long haul. Uh, how how do you think this the flooring business? And the industry has changed from the time that you walked through the doors and, you know, grabbed your first piece of equipment to today. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, the technology, it's all technology driven, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, the chemistry end, the nanotechnology, the, the, the equipment end, uh, pretty much what you're finding is because of the, the need for the professional in this field is growing exponentially because if you think about the mathematical certainties of the amount of floors that were put in in the 40s, 50s, and 60s that were carpeted because people hated the varnish and wax. So they're not only pulling them up and restoring all those, but then you have the a massive pre-finished floors went in in the 70s. Yep. And now you have these other finished systems and newer things that are coming out that eventually they're going to need refinished with, with some technology, whether that's a, a dry sand technology or chemical technology. And I think we're pushing more to that chemical end. Uh, we're going to find that, you know, the dirt and dust aspect is just, it's too harmful to deal with. And the products that they're going to be evolving to are going to evolve the way we do things. And so I like to be trying to stay like on the cutting edge, trying to find out where we're at. We've come a long way, but we're, we're really creeping faster towards that really good finish system that, Many of us, it could put floor sanders out of business. You know, we don't know, right? So there's all that. And so, yeah, it's come a long way fast. But the point I'm making is it's a mathematical certainty that if you get into this business, you will benefit 
in, in, in a way that no other, I think, business can because there's, there's not enough technicians and professionals here to cover the amount of work that's out there. And not good ones. There's a lot of them out there, but not enough good ones. So. No, and that's where, that's where I'm going with this because you, you yeah. the thing is, um, the thing with hardwood flooring professionals, and, and Jess can attest to this, it's not about telling people, like when I first came through, you told people you were going to give them uh, clear oak, not even select and better, and it was going to have Fabulon, and, the, and, and you were in business. Today, it's not just the technology. It's no one's just throwing down oak. It's birch, maple, ash, exotics. Stain is crazy. We talked everybody out of it in the 70s and 80s, and now you have all this going on. And you have people that are coming in that are new that we really need, and they're so far behind the eight ball. You know, they go sand someone's living room, they make a ton of money, and tomorrow they can get the one credit card. They got $40,000 worth of equipment, and the mother-in-law gets free flyer miles. Now they're in business, and they're calling me going, I did something wrong. Three, four, five, six jobs in a row. So, that, Jess, that was my question for you. You're also working with younger people and women and different people in the trades that are just starting to come this way. What do you think is keeping you know, younger folks from coming into our trade? I don't know if it's like laziness, maybe. Mm -hmm. I, I really try to get the younger people in, mostly because I need people to help move equipment and stuff like that. Right. But, you know, I want them to get involved. But we can't keep employees working and people applying, so it's really hard. Well, you've even had family, right? Your niece works with you? She doesn't work with us. She does want to. Oh, That's okay. her dream job, she says. Oh, I got it. But she learned all the equipment on her parents' floor. We did. And she loves it. She want, that's what she wants to do. Well, like, even from you, because one of the things that, about you, the, the reason people voted for you, I think, is the fact that, I mean, you, you walk the talk, you really bring it. And the thing is, I think it's different, too, and people will tell you even in sports, Olympic athletes, etc., um, women's events, women's team sports, women's everything, they like to share, they like to learn, they ask why. I coach women's soccer at the college level for years, and they strategize, they look into playbooks, they don't just want to go out and muscle it up and, and do it. And that's what I've noticed about everything you're involved in. You seem to like to share what you're doing and impart your knowledge, especially with people that aren't really familiar with what we do. So what is it that drives you to do that? You must love what you're doing. Well, Obviously, I love what I do. I just want, you know, younger people to get involved. And this job will never go away. You're always going to have floors to sand or install. People love hardwood floors. Absolutely. It, Tony, you have three yeah. daughters. Any of them get involved in this flooring shenanigans that we do? Uh, no, they're all actually, <laughs> they moved on into their own professions. I, I gotcha. Um, but certainly have taken a lot of what, you know, I've showed them in terms of business and, and you know, they've used that. Um, but no, I mean, they haven't followed that so much. My son-in-law was heading towards that way. But again, you know, it's a physical type of demanding sort of work and you really have to pace yourself. And, you know, some people go in there and they just go like crazy thinking, oh, you know, you got to get it done. You got, but you know what? It, the turtle won, won the race, right? I mean, it's slow and easy. Right. And pace yourself, right? Exactly. The big thing is with the girls, I mean, they You're all right. worked. They helped me paint when I was in the painting business. They're excellent painters and wallpaper hangers. And finishing-wise, I can tell you, like, ultimate, like my youngest, you know, she's finished some of the largest projects with me. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, 
all but the big equipment, they all work the business. Um, and honestly, I think, you know, with Jessica and everything involved and, and like I say, the younger people, I know that there are some out there just, you know, it's a generational thing, but honestly, if you present an opportunity to a lot of those people, you're going to get a lot of qualified candidates. Cause I think now more than ever, there's a greater pool of those qualified candidates just because of the pandemic and people getting sort of displaced from work. Um, I think now may be the best time to actually pull from the best candidates ever. That, in my view, you're probably right. And like, just like, just you. What attracted you into this? Seeing that you're way into the minority and, and a really heavy duty level. Um, like, I have four sisters, and I know one that would do this. She's a forest ranger. She's done this for forty years, and she, she loves it. She'll tote a gun. She'll go after poachers. She'll do whatever. I know it's Rachel, right? Uh, Rachel and Lucy, both of them, it, and they're all mountain climbers. Well, so you think, what was it that you're like, you know, I'm in on this. I'll hang in here for a while with this. I mean, I did. Anthony did. What, what, why did you? I don't know. I just want to do every job I've ever had. I just want to be the best at it. Well, how, did, how did you get dragged into your first, like, flooring project? Well, because I worked at the mill. Oh, yes. Okay. And, I mean, I hated it there, but I did my job really well. You, well, you, had, you had an older mentor there, right? Didn't you work with like a, 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 a like a ninety five, ninety four year old person there? Yeah, Don is the best. That man worked so hard. He's like my favorite person. I think we all probably <laughs> have some person that we think is a rock star, you know, floor or woodworking person. I had my grandfather, and I have a ninety five year old Iwo Jima vet that's still alive and has the most beautiful wood shop and I've learned some things from my flooring repertoire from them. Anthony, you must have run into a hundred people with what you do, you think? Well, in terms of the other flooring people? Yeah, uh, or or wood craftsmen or anybody else that's in like do you have somebody that was far older and before you that threw some uh, values at you that really put you on a path? Well it's funny because you know I got into the trade painting and really kind of focused myself on wood restoration. So I really didn't, like, there was really no matter. We came from a, a, a food family. We, we came from the restaurant business. So uh, there was really no guide for me to say, hey, can anybody help me out with this business? Because um, nobody was that hands-on kind of thing. Um, so it was it was my, my biggest mentor, I would say, as always, parents are always your mentor. You give all your grace to your mom and dad. But I would say this, and Jessica hit on this. My dad would say, look, no matter what you do, you got to love what you do and you got to give it 100%, right? He said, but you got to take risk too. He said, but don't be afraid. He said, because when you start out, you give it 100%. And you know what? If you don't make it, guess what you, guess what you end up with? Just what you started with. Mm -hmm. The same risk and desire to go after it again. And eventually you'll get there. Because, you know, there's nothing wrong with failure. You have to fail to succeed. And I think that's something the generation that we're talking about that needs to understand it's okay to do that. It's the only way you learn. It's the only way you grow. But the way the generations have come forward, it's like, well, you know, no, nobody should fail. Well, it's just not life. And so, uh, that's sort of like the way I roll. Jessica, <laughs> like do you, do you know what the natural born enemy of the hardwood flooring tradesman is? The yeah. natural born enemy? Yeah. Do you know Anthony? Uh, Anthony, we're going to, we're going to, Jessica, we're going to talk about Anthony later on. He said he was a painter. The painter is the natural-born bred enemy of the hardwood flooring person. You are the first...
painter in existence to become a hardwood flooring person without still being a painter. I don't have a ladder, Anthony. Jessica, you got any ladders in that van of yours? <laughs> Oh, just had to use a ladder again today to do a staircase to reach the nosings, and I, I hate it. I I'll bet you're it. a ninja scraper guy, though. I'll give you that. Uh, Painters, Jess. My mom was a painter. That aspect, Stephen, is looking through the other side of the mirror being a painter. It, is, yeah. I, I have such great appreciation for their efforts, so I do take extra precautions because I understand that there's got to be some – you know, between the two of us, we have to make this work. Yeah, you know what painters are, Tony? They're that guy that you pack up the van and you leave, and there's a coat down, and the house is silent, and the little face pops up, and it's the painter. And he's on the phone telling the homeowner, my cousin's relative's uncle in Canada doesn't coat a floor this way, and this is all wrong. And then he leaves, and the next day, they want you to put extra coats, and I didn't right. do it right, and it's funny. No, we had, we had friends on the job. We always knew this thing called Fabulon Prime, and it was just pure alcohol, so I would get to a job and they go the painters are here and i'd go dad don't worry we'd open three or four cans of it leave it in the doorway and they'd go we're just gonna leave if it's gonna be like this and they would just clear out i go i'm sorry sorry yeah. painter guys see yeah. you later uh yeah, yeah. but just right. we're talking about people getting in and painters and messing up and things i discovered water popping on my own because my mother-in-law we did her floors for us she pops out of the shower and she runs up the hallway and what happened, Jess, when we when we stay in the floor? You you tell us. What when you stay in the floor without water popping? She had walked all the way up the hallway, at, coming out of the shower, and we stay in the floor, and there's these drips and footprints. Footprints. Right, Jess. Jess, you said it. Tell us about what happened. What you tell your people with the, your water popping in their footprints? It's terrible, and you know what? My niece Kennedy, the one that I taught how to do her parents' floor, she tried to pull one over on me. The next day, like, we water-popped it. Next day, going to stain footprints, her little footprints everywhere. <laughs> and she's like, I did, I did not walk on, on there. It, it was on her bare feet, too. I'm like, I know that your mom was a size 12, uh -oh. and those are your footprints, because you guys were the only two people there. Flooring evidence, dog prints, paw marks. You know, that happened to me, and... I panicked. I didn't know what to do because the floors looked so great. So I just quickly thought, water drips. We'll just put more water, and we did. And then, and then back then, stains were good stains. We let it dry. We came back. We told her to stay off it. We stained. And to this day, it's probably the finest floor I ever did. And after that, we would always use water on the floor until somebody said, well, you idiot, that's just water popping. I had never heard of it. We just said we watered the floor. Well, now it's everywhere, and it comes with its own fair share of little issues, especially with engineered flooring, et cetera. But, Jess, I saw that you had written something about that. that that's one of your peeves, huh? It is one of my biggest pet peeves. It's a Peterson peeve right there, for the record. <laughs> it is. You're going to be beating that into somebody soon enough. You know... It, you can always tell, you know, when people, I just know when people are going to walk on. Sock print, that fluffy, sticky sock print. Oh, even better, you guys ever come across the pattern of a shoe and you start looking for that shoe? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know by the shoe size right away. Oh, you if it says Nike and it says Nike, I'm looking for Nikes. <laughs> oh, I didn't do it. You have an eight-year-old with Nike high tops that are now... We had somebody once was so embarrassed they walked through a glue down back when you had to flash glue and um 
<laughs> we didn't know what happened. We we were out in the truck eating, we're letting the glue flash, and we come in and there's footprints. We followed them across the rug, followed them in the back room. There was a young girl. We didn't even know she was there. And she had come out of the room, saw us, went back through the kitchen, saw the glue. Now she's in the sink in the bathroom with cold water and soap. And it's just getting harder and harder. And, and I knew her father was going to have a fit. He was in the garage working. And we grabbed some thinner. We started cleaning that house, cleaning it. We grabbed floor spray after and tried to clean the thinner before she could get in trouble. We couldn't get to the shoes fast enough. But, yeah, like you said, Jess, if you don't protect that job site. Yeah. Do you, Jess, do you ever, you ever say, well, we'll just do this tomorrow. We'll coat. Or do you say, no, we're doing this now? No. There often that will be like, well, we'll water pop it tonight. Just to get out of work early, maybe sometimes, but yeah, and sometimes it's good. To, we call it lock it in. Try to try to get some poly on before anybody gets near it. <laughs> yeah, I think Anthony, you've had some disasters. Right? Does this sound like something that you got? You got? Uh, oh my goodness, yeah, many of them. Well, was just was saying. I mean, people don't understand the technical aspect of popping that grate. I mean, literally, if you breathe too heavy on that floor, it's going to change how that stain looks. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, and I, and then too, trying to protect it is just such a, it's just jumping through hoops. But a lot of times I'll use different hardboards and things and just cover the floor up, not even take the chance. I'll just throw a hardboard down over everything, put a bunch of blue tape, wet paint signs, and just pray to God, keep your fingers crossed and you leave that everybody listens and reads the sign, right? Absolutely. Uh, Jess, are you head hunting like this? So well. <laughs> Jess, you going after folks because something really, did somebody really mess up one of your floors? Or more than once, have they? Oh yeah, like all the time. <laughs> what, like, like what? What bad has happened? Just big nasty footprints, or is it even like somebody slipping in the poly? It's mostly the fact that they don't stay off of it when they say they will, and that's kind of like we'll water pop twice if we're doing a dark floor. We'll water pop twice. Yep. And it's kind of like a test. <laughs> to see if up. they're going to be on it. And we give them plenty of notice. We'll say, you know, I'll let you know whenever you cannot walk on it. So we'll water pop it after 80. Well, and then you'll still see what they did. Right. And they still do it. Yeah. And it, thank goodness it's not the final sand no. at that point. <laughs> that would be a disaster. We had one, um, you know, when you do a subdivision or something, they're just houses and, you know, the, no one lives there. No one owns them. Well, we did house. We put two coats the next day. We'll just come and we'll, you know, we call it buffing coat. We'd screen it out and, and coat it. The builder said, you got to redo this whole thing. Well, we get up there. It's just a little cape. It's probably 800 feet. And um, it was just pelted with black flies. Well, the neighbor people every night that have a house go in the new ones and they just like to poke around. Well, they don't own it. They don't even live there. They just like to look at the construction. The lady didn't like the smell. Open got to the side of the house that was open, opened the windows. There's no screens, no anything, and they're on a watershed. Billions of black flies are in our floor, and we had to take the bite on it and resand the whole house. So, Jess, I hear you. There should be a giant fly swatter for these people. I know. Right? There's got to be punishment for this. There should be punishment for that. Jess, I'm supposed to ask you what's your role on your flooring team. I think your role is your security. You should be running security. You should be. You should have like a stun gun. If they step on your water pop, you just jump out and give them a couple thousand volts. Hey, Wood Floor Pros. This is Kim Walgren, the editor of Wood Floor Business. If you're on social media, make sure you join the thousands of Wood Floor Pros following Wood Floor Business on Facebook, Instagram, 
LinkedIn, YouTube, Pinterest, and Twitter. You'll see the latest articles, news, and wood flooring memes. And you'll also see all the opportunities to get your own stories, photos, and funny captions in the printed pages of Wood Floor Business. Speaking of that magazine, if you don't get your own copy, be sure to sign up by going to woodfloorbusiness.com and clicking on subscribe. That's it for now. Let's get back to Stephen Diggins' talk with our ultimate wood floor guy and gal, Anthony McGarrow and Jessica Peterson. Tony, that you, your typical days, you working solo, you working with one help, or you, you, how do you work your crew when you're working? Just you or help? Well, look, it's myself and my youngest daughter that, yep. that do work. Um, it's pretty easy to schedule. My boss can be a real stickler sometimes. See that, Jess? There's somebody you for your women's time. group on your your uh, her sands. Perfect. So you've got she's got the the she sands Facebook group, which is up to about almost forty people. So get your daughter over there. They're learning all sorts of yeah. flooring over there. They won't let us in, but it's pretty pretty solid gig they got going. They got benefits. I think you got Jess. You got dental on that site. Oh yeah, dental for sure. <laughs> Good. That's good. So, <laughs> so then, Tony, you're working with. Uh, so you, you've taught her the, the the wet sand system too. Then. Yeah, and like I say, all of the girls have been in every venue you can think of, from you know the small residential to breweries to big commercial projects, banquet rooms. I mean, honestly, it goes the full gamut. Um, so yeah, I mean, the wet sanding definitely has opened up those doors for those individuals to help me. Uh, with that sort of work but when it comes to the grunt of the install the dry sand that's me all hands on you know 100 percent. you do another you also breaking out the big machine the buff for the rotary stuff too or you're just mostly working your wet sand system no i'm probably about uh, it's probably about half and maybe 50 percent of its wet sanding 40 percent of it dry sanding 10 percent install installing too okay pre-finished unfinished whatever you whatever it calls for yeah, it's nice because it's not repetitive work all the time. So it's working equipment one day, it's wet sanding another day. You know, so it's it's not that repetitive grind. I found that the last twelve years with that system, I don't think it's beat my body up quite as much right. <laughs> as it could have if I was just doing. Hear that, Jess? Get out while the getting's good. You're still young. I have <laughs> no knees left. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, you know, you, you, you wonder how long you can go, but uh, God willing, <laughs> a few more anyway. I, I I hear the secret is most of my customers tell me, and they're in their 70s, they'll say, as long as you don't stop too long, like you can take a vacation but not too long, and you get back yeah. at that equipment, you, you'll be doing just fine. That's yeah. good. Um, well, this is how this is how I sell more work now when I go and I tell folks, well, you know, I may be retired, so you may want to do that family room. You know, you put that little tickler in your mind. The phones are ringing off the hook. So, <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, just what motivates you every day? Like, you know what? I'm grabbing my coffee. I'm going. I'm, I got to. I got to get out there. What is it that excites you to get up and go do floors? Just because I want to make it perfect. I want to make everybody's floor perfect. Well, once you start, it, right? You you can't leave a floor partially. You get it's. You go step by step, inch by inch, foot by foot. And you, then you're done and you want to protect what you just did, right? You seal it, you coat it, you get done with it. And a lot of times, do you ever get to see the final coat? A lot of times it's wet and I never see it again. To me, every floor is gloss. And I only do set. Yeah, that, and that's what it is, too. And that's why I don't post a lot of pictures because I don't get to see the final. Exactly. See, everybody tells me how great their floors. I go, how do you see them? I'm already at the next house. <laughs> um, yeah, we do two, three floors a week sometimes half the time i don't even remember 
the slaughter we started on Monday. I on used to remember every job I did. And then now I'll go to a party somewhere and I'll be in the house and I'll be like, I, I'm having flashbacks. Like, I did these floors when I was like 28, which is not very long ago, Jess. Don't be mean to me. Uh, so, so uh, Tony, what, um, when you're working in teams, working with people, working on site, you got a whole different gig going. You got the whole portfolio, the whole resume, the, the whole four, four pro person thing. Um, how do people in the field that you work with, I know, like, hey, Jess, you got like, like four billion friends. He's got like four billion and six online. I thought I was good with my good, clean three or four hundred. You guys are, you're everywhere. You probably, we're probably related. You're probably part of my family already. What, how do people in the field, or online or anywhere when they're talking with you, Tony, how do they describe you? How do, how do they see you as part of our industry? Well, it's just like I've been around so long, I feel like I have a following. I mean, you know, you, you, you have people that just, you make questions, say, well, who do you know that does floors? And it's Mr. Sandman, right? Yeah. So uh, it's a pretty comfortable feeling knowing that you don't have to advertise, that you have a following that, you know, quite honestly, like I could take you through the blocks and the streets and, you know, two or three houses on every block, right? You know, 4,500 clients. And so it's not hard to sell the job. Right. Yeah, I got you. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's a little bit different for me because I'm not just entering the field. I guess it would be a little bit tricky if I was, but when I first came out with the Mr. Sandman, trademark the name, that was my whole into, gee, they may not remember Anthony McGarrow, but man, they sure did remember Mr. Sandman. It was just so catchy, right? Oh, listen, I got I made something for you because Jess, she's... We're gonna get to her in a minute. She's got everything. She's got she's got the swag. She's got the pink machine. It's got a name. She's got followers all over the place. And Tony, I'm working on your marketing for you. I have a, I made a thing for you. It's got the Mr. Sandman logo. It's got your picture. It's a it's a it's a coffee cup. I'll say that. And with a big beautiful red arrow. It's the Anthony's mug arrow. Because I'll bet people mess your name up. Whenever I get in, I I need to know how do I pronounce the words. And it looks, you got to see it. I'm going to send this to you. It looks so great. I'm like, he needs some swag like Jess has. So Jess, Jess is famous. Jess, you've got Rosie, your pink power drive. And I want to, I'm supposed to ask you, how do people in the industry, how do the people that you work with, with, how would they describe you? But I'm going to ask you, you must have got a big dose of that because you seemed not only thrilled, but surprised when you won the Floor Gal Award, how many people couldn't wait to throw your name out there, including myself. Well, that had to be different for you, huh? It was crazy. Did Kim tell you about the email? Kim from Wood Floor Business? Yeah, well, she said there were videos, there were emails, but I don't think you knew that that was all coming your way, that that many people thought that much of what you do, because they do. I No, I didn't at all you know and there's so many women and men obviously that are great i wasn't expecting it and so when i got her email it just said like congratulations blah blah and i i didn't even get through a whole sentence of her email and i'm just like oh my god oh my god oh my god i won because i just played a joke it was right after april fools and i told my boss like for a joke i'm like hey i won and he told me i know what day it is (laughs) <laughs> so whenever I did win, he didn't believe me. <laughs> and I still hadn't read the whole email. Well, you also like got some pretty good swag there. You guys got like some gifts, some parting gifts and a trip and something. <laughs> which, you know, I have to go with you, right? We have to film the whole thing with my, right. my, well, my lousy 
technical audio working that I'm doing here. Um, <laughs> Anthony, I got a question for you. You, you've, you've been around the block and you've done so much stuff, and I've, I've seen your work online and, and, and things here uh, on, on your website, your Facebook site. What in all of this have you accomplished that you're proud of? That I'm proud of? Yeah. What makes you proud about what the work that you do and what you do and, and why you've stuck with it? Because you, you've got a, you got a bachelor's from, mm-hmm. from well, Penn, Penn State. And, well, uh, flooring put me through college. And it was odd. You think that would get me out of flooring? And I, I parlayed it back into never getting out of, of flooring. So, yeah. So how is it that with all the options that you could have had at your disposal, and you're obviously a very bright guy, what is it that, that keeps you dialed in? What have you accomplished that you're like, I had to do more of this? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing probably was uh, to, to get the following. You know, to uh, to work the trade to the point where you had the name, you had the following, you had the experience, and then you know, and then you bring to the table some of the other things. It just everything comes full circle because you know I started painting and refinishing the old way and furniture and everything, and then with this wet sand system now, refinishing furniture and everything again. So everything kind of came full circle. Um, so I guess the greatest accomplishment would be that it was something that I stuck with that. Um, that each and every day when I go out, it's all about taking something that looks like crap and making it look absolutely fantastic when you're done. Uh, and that's that's the benefit. And then the benefit is, too, that you know when you left, the condition of the home that you left it in, the people are going to be living there. They're going to be stepping on that floor every day and thinking of you. And that's important because this job, I don't care what anybody says, it's highly stressful. Yeah. You have to be 100% successful in every endeavor. There is no... Failure is not an option. Okay. So that having said that, you know, to meet those expectations and goals, every single job is the satisfaction that just like no, none other. Um, and that's what keeps me driving every day. Absolutely. Cool. And you know, Jess, yep. you're younger and you've been in the game, you know, you're, Hey, eight years, nine years in this industry is, is, is difficult. That's a lot of hard work and dedication. Uh, what are you, what are you proud of Jess? Cause you got a lot to be proud of. We, can you think of something in particular that you're very proud of that you've done and accomplished? I'm just proud of the work that I do every day. You know, it's um, rewarding, isn't it? it? It is rewarding when the customer is so happy and they love their floor. That makes my day. It, when it, it's hard work too. Yeah. It's not easy. No, you go yeah. home, you feel but like, you know, you worked. Yes, you weren't playing, you know, playing Tetris all day. Oh, I just dated myself. Tetris, please. <laughs> um, well, you know, I've, I said for years to my wife, you know, every air traffic controllers, doctors, nurses, everybody, at some point, they got to send them home. They need to recharge. You got to get a break. Hardwood flooring people at their, their most exhausted, tired, beaten down have no choice. Sometimes you, you have to stay. I've been in a church attic at 3 in the morning, and the bells go, and I realize it's 3 in the morning. I haven't eaten since probably 5 o'clock that day. And you start to panic, and you realize you have four more hours work, 
and you're like, I can't stop because like Jess said, some crew tomorrow is going to come in at seven with their coffee, spill it, walk all over and literally in front of me, stamp a cigarette out. You have no choice as a hardwood flooring person. This is, you're making furniture here and it better be done before somebody get, that's why we used to say, lock it in. Somebody lock it in, please. And your employees are like, it's, we want to go home. I'm like, if we don't lock this in, we're going to be doing it over again. Yeah. Just like Jess said, I'm going to, I'm going to be calling Jess with a big pink flash water to chase down flooring. You know, people. Uh, I, I think you're absolutely right, and and you look at what you do. You're pre you're protecting it from the time you slip your dirty boots off to put on your little floor sanding shoes. Everybody's got something to do to protect a floor. Um, so I think just not only have you accomplished being someone uh, that's very rare to our industry, but it's hard work, it's dedication. Uh, you're gonna take probably. We could tell you. Whether you're selling, distributing, installing, standing, and if you're in this industry, you're going to get busted. Everybody's busting you. They bust you how you edged, how you sanded, how you drum. Who taught you like that? Here's the edger. Why don't you run it? You did a terrible job. you got to go through all that garbage. It's like uh, flooring boot camp. Uh, Jesse, you've, you've pulled through real good. I've seen your work. I've seen you at the seminars and, and some of the video clips. You really get in there. You, you, you like what you're doing. Uh, absolutely. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> Both of you, we'll start with Jess. Is Jess, what do you, what do you think? Would you rather work uh, by yourself, alone, or with a team? Or is there any real difference? Well, I like to work by myself. Like, if I can go in and just do the floor by myself, it's awesome. But if I had a team to help me bring in my tools and all that stuff, oh, yeah. that'd be perfect. Just bring in my tools and leave me alone. And Tony, you, you, you're just working basically with what you're doing. Is solo work mostly better for you where you get your head in the game more or is it, is it good to have help or? No, I think, you know, overall it's, it's benefited myself to do the work myself. And then even yeah. when I had crews and I had, you know, I had up to six crews back, you know, in 2000 and I would have tag men crews. I'd have to have two because hell, excuse me, someone would always call off. Right. <laughs> yep. So and then, you know, who was filling that blank was always, you know, the owner. But, yeah, I mean, definitely alone. It makes sense. It's almost like and in the painting business, I kind of learned this, too. You'd have somebody go ahead and, and repair all the drywall. And then you'd, someone else would come in and someone different would sand it. And then they'd miss half the spots, right? It just makes sense that the person who does the repair sands them, right? And so that you have more, con you know, continuity. It's kind of like that with floor work, too. I mean, you can't have somebody of a different... Different size and everything, making different compression marks and doing things different than what you would do. And then you're trying to trying to make all that right. You know what I mean? Like one guy's walking, another guy's edging. And if you flip-flop them, it may not work. So, so the one guy does everything consistently through the whole job. I think it just makes for an easier, methodical, and consistent end game, you know, to success. So that's the only – with the crews – the biggest problem was, again, you know, when you had guys and you were training them and teaching them and all, if you didn't give them a piece of the pie, they were really just working for the hourly cut. They weren't there on the weekends to, to help clean up the mess, to keep it on schedule so that they could start again on Monday, right? Because right. everybody empties their house for you. You're not going to – you can't delay floor work like you do other things. It has to be on schedule, on point. So uh, I just found that working alone, I can – it just seems more streamlined for me. I could never get it right with all those crews. There's no and way in 37 years you haven't had a difficult customer. So what's a difficult customer and how do you handle them? 
Yeah, so I've had some, and then, you know, it, it's one of those ones you just want to kind of, like, cringe and get through the job, do the best job you can, get away with, you know, again, no matter what problems I've ever had with any job, I've always collected a paycheck. And no matter what anybody's ever said, if there was any hard beefs or anything, as long as I collected the check and I got paid, then I knew they were happy, right? So I, I've had some tough ones, you know. I've gone to court a few times. Who hasn't, right? Um, they were lessons well learned, and uh, you learn from those mistakes. <laughs> you know what to do and what not to do. And so the biggest thing with clients is not necessarily the client that is the problem. Sometimes you create your own problems with, with the client. And I found that in the, in the instances where I've had problems, it was more about that. It was more about that. It was either a personality thing or it was just something that wasn't right, didn't click, and you had to deal with it. I mean, they don't. Have, thank God they don't happen all the time. They're so f remotely few and far between, and I don't have to really worry about it. But in the days when I first started out in the painting business and everything, I mean, I've had people walk around with, I, you know, spy glasses looking for mistakes. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So can you imagine, right? No, I can't. Uh, Jess, do you have to deal with that part of the business? Do you deal with the claims and the complaints and that? I mean, you're going to get tracked down if anybody's within shouting distance. Do you have to deal with that stuff too? Oh, yeah, all the time. How do you deal with all it? All the time. Well, some complaints are, you know, legitimate. You know, I understand. Some are not. <laughs> And it's frustrating, but, you know, <laughs> right. you got to go in and you got to fix what they want and make it right the best that you can. Yeah, those are the people that three years later go, what's wrong with my floor? What did you give me? And you're like, what do you mean? It was fine when you paid me. It's been fine for three years. What <laughs> happened? There's no water in my house. Yeah, it's four inches in the basement. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> we, we see that a lot. Uh, just in what you're doing right now, is there something new that you'd like to try? It, whether technique, equipment, chemicals, anything that you, you'd like to try that's different that you haven't got your hands on yet? I'd like to do the LED, um, you know, the UV light finishing. I got to try that out at the class uh, a year ago, maybe. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. It's cool. fascinating it's, and so good. Anything new and different in this industry is always so welcome, just to kind of get a look at, you know, something different every now and then. Um, exactly. You, 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 like Tony, what's your favorite tool? It. What kind of, uh, Tony, is there a tool, a machine, something that you got that you love that you wouldn't part with? Like my favorite go-to tools would be like my little one-inch uh, hand scraper okay. I use for everything. And my, uh, I would say my Leatherman my Leatherman tool, which is the multi-tool. And so, you know, I'm probably pulling them out and using them constantly. And they're, they're my go-to tools for so many different things. All right, we're going to rifle through just some quick little ones, and then we'll wrap it up because, you guys, we should do this a trillion times. I love you kids. Look at you. Foreign people getting together and solving the world's problems. Jess, <laughs> your tool bag, not yeah. your power drive. You got a hand tool or something that you just, it's yours. Leave it alone. If anybody takes it, you're going to swat them with that pink fly swatter. Um, my Merca. I love the Merca. What's a Merca? Hand sander. Okay. Like a, like a, a small palm rotary sander? Yeah. Like for final edging. And we know that just your pet peeve are people with dirty socks walking all over your floor when you're not looking. Tony, pet peeves with flooring of any type? Of any type? <laughs> Which one? No, I mean, yeah, where do I start, right? No, I mean, and I guess I alluded to that a little. I, well, here's, here's a pet peeve. 
So people think that, I guess, if you wield a hammer and you're a carpenter, you can install floors. Right. That's my biggest pet peeve. And I can go in and I can tell you if that guy was a floor guy or a carpenter that put that floor in. I can look right at the floor. I can look at a couple different things, and I can tell you for a fact whether it was a carpenter or whether it was a floor guy. It's so, so easy. It's a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> right, Jess? Oh, you, oh, I wish I didn't pay you because I didn't know it was that easy. <laughs> Hashtag grr. Jessica, get him. Uh, so, Jess, real quick, is there somebody in the industry that you would like to meet or work with that you haven't met or worked with? Spriggs. He actually invited me to go and work at the White House. How about you, Tony? Anybody in the industry you've heard of, know of, you'd like to meet or work with? Yeah, I'd like to meet up with Mark Scheller. You ever hear of him? Tell me about Mark. Well, Mark Scheller's a guy that he's traveled all over the place, Europe and everything, installing all kinds of very beautiful floors. And his work is just exquisite. I mean, some of the inlays, now this is before laser inlays and everything. I mean, he was hand making these things from bandsaws, right? So, I mean, I think that craft is just, it was so cool when it came out, got replaced with the lasers, but... He's a guy that went through a lot in the flooring business, and I'd really like to pick his brain a little bit. He's about my age, and he's kind of local, but he travels all over the place. So I guess he would be a good resource to kind of hook up with because I don't do all that much install work in, in that aspect. So I, I think it'd be interesting. I want to thank you both for jumping on the All Things Wood Floor podcast. We are so excited to do this, and it's so new for what you're doing. It's new for what I'm doing. And just congratulations on your new titles as Ultimate Supreme Floor Guy, Floor Gal. I really appreciate you taking time to jump on with me and do this. And, you know, again, really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you both. Take care. Thank See you, Jess. Thanks, Jess. Take care. Congratulations again to our 2021 Ultimate Wood Floor Guy and Gal, Anthony Maguero and Jessica Peterson. We'd like to thank the sponsors of the 2021 contest, including Lagler North America, Poloplaz, and Graf Brothers. Anthony and Jessica won prizes from each of our sponsors, including a trip to Lagler's headquarters in Germany for the next Lagler Fly and Sand training, a Traeger Pro Series 22 pellet grill and smoker from Poloplaz, and a $300 discount for $1,000 spent on their first order of Graf Brothers flooring. Thanks for listening to this episode of All Things Wood Floor. And if you liked this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode.